Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite sim racing and motorsport podcast. That's right, it's time once again for the Race Department Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Glover, and I hope that you, dear listeners, are doing well. We are here to talk F1, SRO, esports, and sim racing at the Olympics. Joining me in the RD virtual studio, first up, it's the man from Portugal, it's Danny Montero. Hello, hello, guys. Hello, everyone. Happy to be back. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, thank you. If a little bit tired, uh, hay fever season is upon me, so that, that makes my eyes itchy. Uh, but it's been the hottest day in the UK so far, So uh, and I've got a week off work, so all is good. Nice. And we've heard you have a little dog keeping you company nowadays? Yeah, just for the, just for the week. So uh, some family members are on holiday, and uh, I was asked if I would look after the puppy. She's a pup. She's six months old. Uh, a sprocker by the name of Lola and she's staying with me for the week. Yeah, it's been interesting. I've had a couple of little presents, shall we say, in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and like half or five, that's not something that you want. Well, it's all part of the experience. Yes, yes, but uh, she's keeping me company and, and enjoying many medi cuddles with me on the sofa. So yeah, there important. we go. Right. Lucky you. Yeah, lucky me indeed. Also joining me in the RD virtual studio, it is the Italian stallion, Davide Nativo. Also former host of the Race Department podcast. Yes, former host indeed. If you haven't listened to just, the last episode, uh, Davide stepped up to the plate and hosted. One of, the, we, one of the reasons we did, well, two reasons why we did that. One, because somebody suggested it. You know, why not? Uh, but two, last time out, my throat was really playing out. I just kept having to clear it and was coughing. So it just made perfect sense to do that, really, rather than postpone it. Yeah, I remember that uh, you were you were having some problems. <laughs> so yes. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So we decided to try that new experience and I'm happy we did. Now that I'm hearing some this music, I'm uh, also remembering that tomorrow <laughs> we are celebrating our republic here, the Italian Republic. So okay. maybe we should keep this uh, anthem during the entire podcast. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, Paul. I think so I, I think I can, that it is right sorry, can, uh, for can, all our Italian listeners. I can actually mute him, so it's okay. We he no, can. You can't. I, ha- I can. I you actually. Can. I actually. You can. can't stop freedom. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Have, Sorry. You, uh, have, you, have, you, have you uh have you been annoying any developers this week, David Day? Have you been on the phone to them? Have you been having chats, talking about quite the weather, the usual? Quite a lot, mate, quite a lot. It's yeah. uh, it's an art job, you know, with uh, all of them uh, seeking uh, uh seeking me out for uh, counseling and uh, suggestions, but uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. One, one uh, someone has to do it, so I'm, uh-huh. I'm uh-huh. happy to do it. Brilliant, that showed him up. Okay, um, let's crack on then with this episode. It, uh, just so you know, it's the June June the 1st, so when David's Day is talking about holidays in uh, in Italy, we, it, we've just had the hottest day in the UK, so uh, June the 1st, 2021. If you're listening in the future, uh, 2025 or even later, hello from 2021, hope you're well. Or okay. if, you're, if you're listening in the past. <laughs> 
Why would you be listening in the back, pu- back to the future stuff? Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. I'm sorry about David. I think he's been smoking something. Right, okay. So, uh, we're going to talk <laughs> F1 this week, SRO Esports and Sim Racing at the Olympics. Let's crack on. Excellent. Okay, so I know when you when you hear us say F1, you're like, oh, really? And you can skip this as chapters. It's absolutely fine. It's not a problem. We won't be offended because, let's be honest, we won't know. But, uh, Davide, as a big Ferrari fan, um, let's start with Ferrari. Uh, Carlos Sainz moved to the team uh, for this season. He's, he's uh, definitely bringing something fresh to the team. Uh, after the engine fiasco that's been the last season or two, uh, how are you feeling so far? Actually, how are you feeling about the, the Formula One season so far? But how are you feeling about Ferrari season so far? I think that uh, Ferrari is having a very solid, um, solid season so far. Pretty surprising given where we were last year. And Sainz uh, has been delivering some solid performances. Is without a doubt the best uh, of the switching teams drivers <laughs> of this year and uh, has also helped bringing some fresh positive mentality into the team, less uh, toxic mentality that now seems to, you know, uh, reign within F1. And, you know, it's an interesting season because finally we're seeing some uh, real competitor to Lewis Hamilton because uh, during last seasons uh, Bottas uh, was never a real challenge to him. And uh, Vettel also did not have the psychological strength or persistence to uh, stay up with uh, with Lewis. Well, first up, and is basically a machine. Nothing shakes him. So, with a proper car in his hands, he can be a real uh, menace to to Hamilton, to the Mercedes. And uh, I think that they are scared, given the we are gonna touch it later. The flexible wings <laughs> uh, yeah, gate. Yeah, yeah so, he's been very vocal about that, Hamilton, for for a reason. Yeah, they uh, are scared. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they are. Um, but I, I think overall, though, Mercedes have the better team package, so to speak. I know that, you know, in the Monaco, which was the previous round, there was a there was a hiccup with Bottas's wheel nut. Uh, Toto Walk came out and said, look, you know, it's due to Bottas not parking the car correctly. Um, in the pit box. But up until then, their strategy has been better. There was recently Lewis Hamilton posted a video from um, a clip from F1 TV and it shows all the team talking about uh, the strategy for him to pit and making a particular call. And when you look at Red Bull, uh, whilst their pit stops fundamentally are very quick, the stop and go element of it, you know, lots of time, 2, 1, 2.2 seconds, and then you look at Mercedes and they're 2.5, 2.8 seconds, which is a big difference in Formula 1. The overall package, I think, is better. Um, and generally, Bottas is the rear guard to Hamilton as well and, and seems to be on the pace. And when you look at Sergio Perez, he isn't quite there. Um, and, you know, if you could argue, he isn't really doing much better than the likes of Alex Albon last season as well and that's Sergio Perez that's a, that's a man who has done some absolutely great drives for Force India and Racing Point uh, over the years so you know isn't a driver who lacks talent at all um, 
Danny, you know, at the front between Hamilton and Max Verstappen, it's good to see, isn't it, two drivers battling for the championship in separate teams. Yeah, the definitely the fact that it's two different teams makes it a bit more spicy because often it's been uh, one team dominating, whether it was McLaren with Senna and Prost or Hamilton and Alonso or Mercedes with Hamilton and Rosberg. It's it's good to see, but it's even better when it's not just two drivers, but two full teams competing against each other. That's Well, the show is much better in that way. So well, yeah, yeah, it's because it's not like you've got two, you know, I'm sure when Nico Rosberg and Hamilton were fighting it out, Toto Wolf was sitting between the two drivers and say, look, guys, you've got to, you've got to play nicely. Um, that's a little, definitely under a bit more control where Bottas is concerned. He's, he seems to be more of a driver that would do as he's told as where I get the feeling Rosberg wasn't quite like that. Um, but, well, you, know, you can't, you can't if you want to win, right? Yeah, yeah. No, this is it. And um, But with Hamilton says he doesn't play mind games, where he clearly is because some of the comments he's making about Max Verstappen recently about you know having to back out of these moves that Max is making and they, and they would, would come together... Um, I think that's part of F1, right? It's like if you've got, if you've got the balls to make that move, and one of the, one of you backs out, then that's racing, as far as yeah, I'm I mean, concerned. Mind games often on the track they will always happen, and uh, no matter what they say or what they might complain after the race or before some races, at the end of the day, they just have to go out and race, and of course be clean. And and we both know, uh, both of them have had incidents in the past. It's not mm. like. Nobody's perfect, but still, they have to race and they have to bring everything on the table. So it's all part of the game. Yeah. All those yeah. little mind games uh, as well. Uh, David, going back to uh, Ferrari, their performances this season are definitely an improvement. They're obviously not battling with the likes of Mercedes this season or, or, or Red Bull. I, I think their battles with the likes of McLaren, would you say, at the moment? Yeah, I think that uh, so far we are uh, definitely battling for uh, third in the Constructor Championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank, uh, thanks also to the fact that uh, uh, so far we are basically running with two drivers while McLaren unfortunately is running with one because uh, Danny is not having uh, you know, a very... Uh, good season so far. So no, but the previous round he he outperformed Lando, and everybody thought, oh, here we go, Danny Rick's gonna gonna perform. But before we move on to that, I just wanted to talk about um, Charles Leclerc because you know prior to Monaco, being I guess you know outperforming the car perhaps, um, and in Monaco for some reason the Ferrari just seemed particularly strong with Carlos Sainz, you know, heading up the leader. The leader table, I think, in, in the final pre-practice, I think he did. Uh, shoulder clerk, obviously, on pole position. Um, and again, strategy-wise, for me, Ferrari kind of let themselves down. You know, shoulder clerk, unfortunately, clips the front right, um, loses the control of the car because, you know, the, the front right's broken. The rear quarter of the car hits the, um, hits the, the wall. And they have an opportunity to replace the gearbox and take a penalty, which they didn't do, Davide. Um, as a Ferrari fan, that was a, you know, a, a real gamble there from Ferrari. And do you think that's because they're desperate to get a win? They probably saw Monaco as an opportunity because uh, 
in any other track uh, we most certainly wouldn't be able at least you know with so far uh, we wouldn't be able to achieve a win while instead in Monaco basically if you lock uh, a, a certain position you can hold it even with uh, uh, you know with an inferior car so they tried and gamble, gambled uh, to you know to score that win but uh, it was too much you know it was an Icarus flight and they burned themselves in the uh, you know in in the hope of uh, of scoring a win that honestly isn't so important to us because as we said before we are battling for third in the championship so what counts to us is points uh, not wins we are yeah, not uh, yeah. we are not here for the constructor championship this year so uh, but what must please you as a Ferrari fan is signs his performance but not only that the takeaway i think from me as a you know non ferrari fan was Charles Leclerc not not leaving the track i mean i know he lives around the corner but um from the circuit but he didn't leave and he congratulated his fellow driver um at the end of the race and and that's got to be something that's pleasing to see as a ferrari fan because it's not something you've had in the team for quite some time that kind of um uh, team dynamic where they're working together, like like you had with Signs and Lando at McLaren for the two previous seasons. Yeah, yeah. Basically, we are seeing uh, you know uh, F1 teams that uh, uh, have two drivers that uh, barely speak to each other. Uh, take for example Lewis and Valtteri, or uh, you know even Max and um, uh, Sergio, or. Uh, pretty much any other team you have uh, this facade where they make youtube videos with challenges silly challenges and uh, things like that but they do not talk uh, to each other which you know to me is uh, is absurd and i welcome uh, carlos and his mentality that he brings with him in every team uh, he steps in because it's a positive mentality it's a constructive mentality and uh, it it is helpful to the to the team, to McLaren before and to Ferrari now, and um, you know it's better when the two drivers, even if they are competing with one another, they are friends, because it means that they care for uh, ultimately they care for the team and for uh, the other driver. So if they have a specific problem or they know that uh, you know it's best for the other to to go they will do it, they will, you know, put themselves aside. Well, instead with this mentality where they are pitted against each other, no matter what, uh, they, the team basically hinder itself uh, this way. But, uh, you know, we live in this time and age where <laughs> we think that, uh, you know, uh, every sport should be like wrestling <laughs> with these, uh, you know, dramatic uh, stories, uh, uh, otherwise, it's not interesting. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you got Netflix to thank a little bit for that. Um, Danny, do you do you agree with that opinion from David? I think it's an interesting one. From my perspective, I think it worked at the at McLaren because they were trying to drive the team forward together. If they were in a championship challenging car, do you think Carlos and Lando would have still got on the way they did? Uh, well, we just have to look back not that long ago to Hamilton and Alonso and how that went. 
when mm-hmm. McLaren was doing well. And it can really go badly, even if you have the good car, the best team. Uh, if you don't manage the people well, it can go badly. So, I don't know. I think Lando and Carlos mostly worked fine because they knew that uh, they're not there to win by themselves, but together the team can achieve more than if they are fighting each other. So, yeah, yeah. I think they, they did well. If they had a competing car for the championship, we'll never know. But, but I, would, even, I would like to think so, but we'll yeah, you just—that's the thing. You just—I think it's—it's it's possible if they were put into a heated situation, they may have both reacted differently. But I'm guessing if they move move forward and they're both fighting for a championship, you know, if if if, if Carlos had stayed with McLaren and and it was you know this season and McLaren were fighting for the championship and it was Carlos and, and Lando fighting away, would that relationship still be the same? It's hard. It's hard to know, isn't it? It's it it you know, because I think that fight, that kind of um, de- level of determination and that selfishness will come out in you when you want to win something sometimes. And I think that you'll you some drivers, and I'm not saying that Carlos and Lando would, but I think it's hard to say they won't either. That they wouldn't necessarily winning's what matters, so they'll do whatever it whatever it takes. Would you not say that, Danny? I think because they, I don't because they haven't yet been in a position where they can fight for the outright championship. Mm-hmm. That's why their attitude has been so. Yes. Um, and if you look at Vettel, it was a bit more or less like the opposite. Or Max, they started from the get go with a very good like with a team that had a good car and good chances. And you can see that their attitude, like a young Max and a young Vettel, were always ruthless and always went for the for the win and. No matter what, uh, multi twenty one scenarios or um, very aggressive driving from Verstappen at the very early point of the career. So, it's it's a it's a matter of circumstance, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. If Lando and Carlos uh, in both their respective teams now, one day have a a, com- a really competitive car for the championship, we might see their attitudes change. We'll see. We see. It's nice to see them ha- still having fun with each other on the podium at the end of the race, and oh, yeah. you know, taking pictures and, and and whatnot. But you know, it's good to see that bromance continuing. Um, we touched on we touched on Zeb Vettel very briefly there. Um, Aston Martin's performance this season isn't quite what we were hoping it was going to be, especially from following on from the previous season as racing point. Um, you know the 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 Mercedes gate, shall we call it, where everybody said basically it's Mercedes and they had the whole, the brakes issue, you know, it's easy to forget the stuff that goes on because there's just so much. Um, David Day, you know, Lance has probably outperformed Seb, but Seb did an absolutely fantastic job at Monaco last time out. Yeah. Mm, luckily for the team, uh, uh, Sebastian quite, quite, uh, quite uh, you know, uh, got back on his uh, on his feet or on his wheels, we should say, and uh, you know delivered uh, delivered a solid performance for the team. Um, Aston Martin uh, surely isn't you know quite a competitive team like it was uh, when it was Racing Point last year. Um, probably because this is just you know an evolution of the. Uh, car from 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 last season and um, probably the other teams uh, have done a better job, you know, in uh, not just catching up but also 
evolving their cars to the point that even Ferrari is, uh, you know, is ahead of Aston Martin. Uh, the things that they brought uh, at Monaco, we hope that uh, they're gonna be able, you know, to change the tides and make the team more competitive because, you know, uh, a, a three-way battle for a third uh, would be more interesting also because, you know, I love Aston Martin. It's a, it's a very important brand, uh, brand and uh, it, it would be good to see them, you know, delivering more. Yeah, yeah, and they they came out early in the season and complained about the rule changes to say that it was affecting their car. But unfortunately for them, they've gone for the high rake model, uh, the same as the same as Mercedes, and you know the likes of Red Bull are a low rake uh, model. Uh, sorry, Red Bull even are low rake. Even I think I just said Mercedes are low rake, which is incorrect. Um, it's Red Bull, um, but you know, unfortunately. The rules are always there to slow down the faster, the fastest teams, and if you've got the same setup in Mercedes, unfortunately, you are going to have that hit you just a little bit. But they just there's there's been a lot of whining from them, and I think and I don't I don't want to see that from teams. I just want them to just get their head down and kind of work around it and deal with it, and and that's what you need to do. Um, and it's a shame that they're not performing as well as as well as we would like. Um, Danny, we know that Lance Stroll is a shrewd businessman. He, you know, he doesn't he doesn't spend money to to not get anything from it. Um, Otmar's been a uh, racing point and 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 forced India for quite quite some time. Do you think he'll be feeling the pressure a little bit if they don't start seeing seeing results, especially next season with the rule changes? Well, it always normally goes up to. I mean, it's it's a business at the end of the day. It's a ruthless business and. Uh, uh, Lauren Stroll knows it, and that's why I think he thrives on it and he likes it. But uh, it's uh, somebody like has to be held responsible, and um, it's not. Although the drivers do the last are the last piece of the puzzle, it's still about uh, managing a team. So he might uh, not. It's not necessarily true that he's the one doing a bad job if the team can succeed, uh, because he cannot be doing what everybody else is maybe doing not so well. You cannot go in and, okay, do this instead. It's just managing the team as a whole. But uh, unfortunately, normally team principals are the uh, the first to get the heat, so we'll see. I mean, they, they did have a better car last year, yes. This year, the rules changed and what they could bring, uh, carry over or not, or evolve uh, is in a different scenario than what happened from 2019 uh, to 2020. But... Uh, Still, there's still a, quite a way to go. So, yeah, you're right. They still there have is. chances. Honest, honestly, guys, I think that uh, um, Stroll uh, Senior has managed to, you know, um, get where he wanted to uh, to go because um, he wanted, you know, to ensure stability for his son to have uh, a place where he could, uh, you know, have a seat and be sure that nobody would uh, touch it. And uh, have also a competitive car to make him shine. So the first step was, of course, acquiring a team. And that's when, uh, you know, he bought uh, Force India, when the uh, opportunity presented itself. And that was the first step in the uh, in this you know in this um, uh, 
in this program, we could say in this, uh, in this vision he, he had. Uh, and the second one was to, you know, uh, cut uh, losses or, uh, you know, uh, make himself not uh, accountable from an economical point of view. And that's when, uh, you know, the Aston Martin uh, deal comes in. Basically, right now, he uh, has secured a team for his son to race in and, uh, you know, have a seat. Uh, a secured seat, and at the same time, he no longer has those, uh, you know, economical ties or uh, responsibilities that he had because, <clears throat> sorry, now Aston Martin does for him. So um, I think that uh, even if the team is not pers performing well, uh, he will be more uh, uh, pissed, sorry for the term, uh, for his son because it does not have, you know, a car to shine in, uh, rather than, uh, you know, from uh, losses from an economical point of view, because now uh, it doesn't care anymore about that. Now it's, uh, you know, an Aston Martin hold uh, problem. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, uh, I just, yeah, if I was Lance, I'd be like, going, well, where's my money going? But Obviously, as you say, there's rule changes coming next season, so he might judge it. He might judge it then. And uh, Lance, to to be fair to him, has has done a, a, a sterling job compared to um, Seb. And but you know, Monaco seemed to flip that on his head. And Seb just had a fantastic drive. I think he gained about five or six positions during the during the race, which is not an easy feat at Monaco, as we know. There isn't much for overtaking, so. It was done in the pits and, and maybe that part of that reason is, you know, Aston Martin getting their strategy right. But um, yeah, F1 director in Monaco needed uh, needed their head sorting out. But uh, I think every F1 fan was shouting at the TV at the time when when uh, Seb came out of the pits and they cut away to another another bit of action for or some replay for an unforsaken reason we'll never, never understand. Um, so um, let's talk a little bit about Red Bull. Um, they've been performing well. Sergio Perez is still struggling a little bit, especially in um, in qualified trim. Seems to do a, um, a much better performance in the races generally, though has had a few spins um, and it isn't isn't able to get the best out of the car as of yet. And and as uh, we've already touched on, signs of the drivers that has moved to other teams seems to be performing the best in his new team uh, to, to this point so far. Um, but uh, new rules coming in around the flex of the rear wing. Hamilton's been pretty vocal about it. But, you know, this is a team last year, Mercedes, that had the DAS system, let's not forget, where they could pull the steering wheel back. It would change the camber of the front wheels and generate more heat. And, um, and they were able to use that for the remaining part of the season... Um, what's the difference here for me? Um, can you explain the difference between that and the flex? Because Red Bull have got until this race to make the change, haven't they? They've got to deal with it now. Yeah, Paul. The problem with the um, the problem with F1 during the last year, uh, these last years, and, and uh, at least and uh, starting from <clears throat> 2014 with the hybrid era, is that every year. Once uh, uh, every time uh, a team had uh, you know 
uh, we could say some sort of uh, unfair advantage. We didn't mean that it was illegal, meant that it was just, you know, in the grey area, which is yeah, where, yeah, you know... Yeah, or maybe not sport, not sportsman, you know, lacking yeah. sportsmanship, shall we say. Yeah, it yeah. was, you know, something that uh, it was in that um, uh, area where now engineers have to work because uh, regulations have become so strict that, mm. uh, you know, basically they have to build the car a certain way. They have very, you know, uh, they have um, not so much space of maneuver. So every year uh, there has been a case where once it was Ferrari, once it was Red Bull, they had uh, developed something and uh, it was immediately banned. From, uh, you know, from a specific race uh, onward, they could not use it anymore. While instead, every year, Mercedes, uh, Mercedes has pulled something and they have been, uh, you know, uh, authorized to keep it until the end of the season. Every time, every time. Uh, you mentioned us and they, had, uh, they could keep it for the entire year. Uh, they, did the, they drilled the, those holes in the... Uh, rear wheels the year before because they were overeating the tires and they were burning tires and so uh, they were struggling so first of all uh, Pirelli uh, did a new uh, tire uh, how do you say it in English uh, uh, not a new tire mix uh, compound. Uh, compound compound sorry yeah, yeah. a new compound uh, for, uh, for for them you know uh, to to be able to put the proper heat in the tires and then they have been uh, authorized to have holes drilled in the rear wheels uh, so that the tires could uh, uh, be cooled more, could, uh, could be cooler. So honestly, this is what uh, for some, uh, you know, F1 fans like me and others is, has been the real problem. It's not just, you know, Mercedes, Mercedes dominance, but the political dominance. That is, it has been just unfair because they have been every time been allowed to keep their unfair advantages or uh, they have been given one. When instead the other team never, they have never been, uh, they have never been given, you know, a leveling uh, field when they needed or they've never been able to keep a specific uh, technology they had developed for the car, uh, you know, uh, for, for the entire season. So again, this year they are complaining about the flexible rear wing of the Red Bull, while instead they're not thinking about their front wing, which is flexible. So well, I, I, for me, it's, it's pure madness. I mean, you're complaining about the flexibility of the rear wing of, an, uh, of a competitor while your front wing is flex is flexible. Yeah, it has been, has been mentioned, yeah. And I, I, but Danny, isn't this Formula One, right? This is what Formula One has, has been for many, many years. And I think that, you know, I think David Day needs to remember that Ferrari over the years have kind of had the ear of the FIA and the, and everybody else associated with Formula One, Bernie Eccleston, because they are Ferrari. And I think some people have probably, you know, as we know, David Day is a huge Mercedes fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> sorry, there is... <laughs> sorry, yeah, you know, yeah, the let's crowd, have a good laugh. The crowd found that <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Um, but, you know, I'm being facetious, but 
it. My point is, is that Formula Formula One has been about as David so, Paul, says. Paul, sorry, Paul, sorry. Yeah. And then, then I'll let uh, Danny speak. But we have to to make. Uh, 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 there is an important uh, uh, difference here because. Ferrari, of course, had a dominance in between the year 2000 and um, we could say 2004. Uh, there, those were the, you know, the proper years of the Ferrari dominance. But you have to remember that for Ferrari, it took 10 years to get there because since Enzo Ferrari's death in 1988, the team tried to build itself again into a competitive uh, challenger for the uh, for the season and it took them 10 years of year by year building the team acquiring the right people acquiring the right drivers developing the technology then the package and you know bringing all of this to the track and so from 1990 where this process began when Montezemolo uh, took you know the uh, uh, took the lead of the uh, Scuderia Ferrari to uh, 1999 with the first constructor championship or 2000 with the first, you know, uh, drivers and constructor championship. Ten years of hard working. While Mercedes in 2014, both from, FIA, uh, from the FIA a new uh, regulations, which was the hybrid engines, and there it is, winning cars. They, it's a, it's completely different. It was hard work from Ferrari, and they get uh, to a certain position after years of uh, developing and uh, uh, fairly challenging their rivals. While Mercedes bought, uh, you know, a package rule from FIAs and. Uh, and that, so it's, it's completely... Mercedes in 2014 was a thing and was completely another in 2014. And let's not, re, let's not forget that the hybrid engines for the first two years were very detrimental to the sports, to the, for the, to the sport, because in 2014, the F1 cars were slower than the F2 cars. And that caused quite a stir because it was, you know, something done on a political level rather than on a sporting level. So there is a very important difference between the years of Ferrari dominance and the years of Mercedes dominance. So sorry, Danny, but this had to be uh, clear before going forward. Well, uh, I will just start right away by saying, uh, well, 2019, Ferrari had their, or whatever they didn't have in 2020, they had in 2019 and they surely had it until the end of the season as well, right? So there's that. And no, they uh, no, they didn't have it to the uh, until the last uh, the the end of the season because in the first half of the season, uh, um, uh, basically, we're not sure what uh, uh, Ferrari actually did to make the engine so uh, powerful. Someone says that it was. Um, uh, a double, uh, uh, basically the um, uh, the ECU that uh, controls uh, the um, you know the entire hybrid, hybrid package. Uh, someone says that uh, they uh, they um, basically took advantage of a gray area in the rule book and uh, had uh, something like 
two ECUs and uh, someone else says that it was uh, uh, the fuel regulator, uh, the fuel meter was uh, done in a particular way that allowed more fuel to be burned or something like that. So it's not clear what they had, but they had something that made their, their engine way more powerful. And they were not allowed to keep it once uh, FIA discovered what it is. And in fact, it, uh, since uh, Interlagos or even before that, uh, uh, we had uh, to remove it and uh, the competitive uh, competitiveness of the car went away. So even in that case, we were not allowed. It was removed as soon as the FIA found out. And everyone agrees, <clears throat> sorry, that uh, uh, we do not know for sure what it was, but the people that know what it was say that it wasn't illegal. It was just in the gray area. So again, Mercedes politics that, uh, you know, they kept the dust, what, but we did not able to keep. Whatever, whatever we had that next, next year in 2020, Mercedes said, because remember the engine that Mercedes had last year did the same exact things that our engine did in 2019. Uh, sorry, David, I like Ferrari worked really hard from 1992 to 2000. Maybe Mercedes in the background just worked really hard and even harder than Ferrari on the political side. And we know that this so-called sport that is Formula One, it's mostly a political game than mm -hmm. anything else because mm -hmm. they want to sell cars. So at the end of the day, maybe they did a better job than Ferrari on the political side. Maybe they have more power, more influence. Well, that's that's life. Sometimes more, some are more powerful than others and they have to use all the influence they, they have to try to win. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters is winning. So I think it's uh, it's well-earned because it's, uh, it's an, like an entertainment business where pretty much everything is allowed in terms of what you can do to, to win, let's say. So I don't take credit from what Mercedes have done either on or off the track compared to what other teams did or did not do during the same seasons or before. Yeah, you can tell, you, like, no offense, David, you can tell that you are a Ferrari fan. Um, you know, it, it, I, and I get that you are passionate about them, but... You know, I, I don't have any allegiance to Mercedes, but unfortunately, as Danny says, Formula One is a political game these days. But I, but I do get your point. I I want I would like to understand the the differentiator between DAS, the flex of the wing, and you know whatever this engine modification that Ferrari were running at the time. Why is there something we've overlooked and not understood as to why? The DAS system wasn't prevented from, you know, once it was discovered and understood. Why were they able to run it for the remainder of the season? That's yeah, what that I is, would like to understand. Strange. Yeah, yeah, Unless yeah. And it, and it may, and it may be down to the technicalities of the, you know, the the things that are specified in the rule book, and maybe because there isn't something specifically saying you cannot do that, like the DAS. I don't know. It's, you know, there are, I'm sure there's, you know, because there, there'll be appendix, won't there? There'll be like rule 1, 1.1, 1.2, whatever there'll be. And it will just be something minute. And, that, that you know, we don't, we only see it from, let's be honest, from a high level by what's reported to us on, in the media and in social, and on social media as well. And, and hearsay and rumors and everything else. Um, 
So we do have to be careful when forming our opinions. But I, but it would be nice for someone to explain, you know, or do a YouTube video or whatever and say, look, this is why Mercedes were able to... Because as, as an F1 fan, sitting there and only really hearing bits and pieces, it doesn't make any sense. And I can understand why fans of other teams are like, well, hold on a second. That doesn't make any sense. Now... Let's be honest, I don't know if not having Das um, will have changed the championship. Um, because if we look at the performance of the Mercedes this season, they're up there, if not the quickest in qualifying at majority of the circuits. Um, so, but, you know, the, as where the engine power that you would say was in Ferrari... It was phenomenal. The difference was phenomenal, especially in a, in a straight line. Especially that we saw in its best at Spa, didn't we? With um, with the Ferrari just going going past the Mercedes like they weren't even there. So, um, like I say, I'm I'm not sure what what the differences are. Um, but you know, and, and Red Bull have come out and basically said, you know, um, Mercedes are complaining about our rear wing, and 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 they go, well, yeah, well, you know, and but they, they had Das last season, but that's tit for tat. Like this is what happens in Formula One: somebody will manipulate the rules or whatever for whatever reasons, as David says, fires the grey areas, and then someone will logic complain against that. And and there's probably more of that that goes on than you than we are probably aware of. Um, and unfortunately, it is part of the sport. Um, because as we've seen over the years, the likes of Williams, you know, with the, the suspension that they had many, many years ago where the suspension was hydraulics and it would adjust as the, you know, they found a loophole in the rules. It was banned the following season, but they were able to run it for the whole season. Very similar to DAS. So again, what's the difference there? Why is it? Is it because fundamentally the car is designed like that and that would be, you know, in order to ban it, would that be too dramatic? I don't know. Honestly, not not really sure. Um, but it would be nice to, um, to understand. Anyway, I feel like we've kind of gone over that topic for quite some time. Um, so just the last couple of bits on, on Formula One for me. Uh, Lando Norris signs a new multi-deal uh, with McLaren. How are we feeling about that? I think it's deserved. Uh, he's delivering, uh, you know, quite a lot, and uh, he's being uh, an asset to the team. He's uh, he's growing, and uh, you know, he's uh, he, he's being way and uh, way more on the podium, especially this season. I mean, this season is really, you know, holding McLaren uh, uh, and. Uh, I think that he is having a very important uh, growth. Honestly, yeah. honestly, if um, uh, in the years before, uh, I did not think that uh, you know, I, f I thought that Lando was a very competitive driver, but he's surprising me. Uh, he's uh, he's growing into probably even championship material. We have to see, you know, with uh, a car that is uh, a step above what it is uh, uh, at this time, because McLaren of this year is a very competitive car, but still not on par with Red Bull or uh, Mercedes. But um, it could be very much the case that uh, with uh, a car on uh, Mercedes or Red Bull uh, level, 
it, it could be, you know, a threat for the uh, for the championship. Okay, Danny, what are your thoughts? I think it's good because, um, like in in most things, uh, and unless the situation is really bad, people will only improve with a long term commitment. Uh, drivers that jump from team to team, you don't get the stability and the, getting to the know the ins and outs of the team. So yeah, it's the it's very important to get a long term commitment, especially in this case since he has. A, it seems at least that from the beginning he's had a good relation with the team. So I think it only makes sense. And that's, uh, I think, a good move, a good investing move into hopefully being up there and ready when the car is fully competitive. Because then he will know everything about it and the team will be solid. So it's a very clever move, I think. Okay. And Danny, thoughts on Danny Rick so far? He's obviously struggling with the McLaren. He's new. He's just arrived to the team. That's, again, another thing. He has just arrived. Okay, not sometimes some drivers arrive to a new team and they excel. But maybe just like um, what to say, just like the Red Bull is made around Max. Maybe the I wouldn't say the. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know if it's made along around uh, Lando and uh, well, they knew Carlos was going to leave eventually. So it's maybe there's a bit more focus around Lando on there. They are uh, he is like the the future prospect, just like Max has been the long term future prospect at Red Bull. Mm. So and just like yeah. again. Paris is very experienced, but he's like the new guy at uh, at Red Bull. So it's uh, they're yeah. good drivers, and they they will show and they will shine just like yeah. Perez I like I like Danny, I like Danny Rick, and I want him to um, want him to do better. Uh, David, A, what are your thoughts about uh, Ricciardo? Yeah. Sorry, I <laughs> lost myself. Glad, in a... glad you're paying attention there, uh, Davide. Sorry, no, sorry I, I was. <laughs> I lost myself in a train of thought. Um, yeah, I think that uh, is not. Uh, you know, this season is uh, is being uh, a bit complicated for him. But uh, honestly, I think that uh, I don't know. I'm not worrying that much because uh, even when he switched to Renault. Uh, or Renault <laughs> uh, in uh, was it 2019 right or 2018 I don't remember exact uh, but yeah the first year uh, when he was at Renault uh, he had uh, he had a difficult season too uh, probably better than what he's having this year at McLaren but uh, it was not a very good season and from his second one, he went uh, way, way better. So it might be, you know, just, um, uh, you know, just a transition, just, you know, a, a temporary phase uh, that maybe is going to last his entire season. But uh, next year, I think that he's definitely going to be uh, much more competitive looking, uh, you know, at yeah. what happened in the past when he switched teams. Yeah, yeah, I think when he when he went to um, Renault, it took him about five races to, to start to perform. So um, we're about there now. So hopefully not much longer. But I would like just to call out Danny Rick's helmet at uh, Monaco uh, was sublime. I was a bit, I mean, I'm a big Lando fan, but I felt like his um, helmet um, was a bit of a letdown, actually. But the McLaren livery from Monaco was the nuts. So... Like to see a little bit more of that from teams. Uh, let's go retro from time to time. 
Um, just a quick question for both of you. Do, do we think we're going to see more drivers going long-term with teams? I mean, Charles at Ferrari, uh, Max at Red Bull, Lewis at, I mean, Mercedes last few years, but you know, he's only really, I think, probably short-term contracts now as he comes towards the, the later part of his career. Um, been able to build a team around a driver, especially when you talk about cost-cutting and whatnot. So, you know, like development each season has to be within a certain budget now and um, cost-cutting. I think that might be a better strategy financially for the teams, or do you think? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, <clears throat> in this uh, time and age, the teams want to uh, build a platform, uh, we could say, where... Um, you know, they, uh, they do not only develop uh, the car, but also the, the drivers. Um, so it could be that, you know, uh, long-term deals become uh, the norm. Uh, but of course, there are still going to be the exceptions where, you know, if a particular driver is not performing or is not fitting well into the team, um, is going to be replaced uh, or uh, changed with another. But it could be that, you know, the mentality and philosophy is changing uh, uh, in F1 from this point of view. I think it only will uh, be true for the, well, be more relevant for the top teams and maybe sometimes only just the one driver because teams like, um, uh, what is called now, AlphaTauri and uh, maybe even um, Alfa Romeo or or has they play more like a background or like as let's say an inside stepping stone for their respective uh, yeah bigger teams so yeah those I don't see having a, like a long term they're more like a warm up team let's say when, yeah, with you. I get, yeah I yeah. get what you're saying yeah so those will have a quicker turnaround I think uh, turn turnover turnaround I don't know of drivers turnover yeah turnover of drivers than the than the big ones and the big ones might also some of them only have one fixed long-term driver. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying both. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, um, mm -hmm. I think that may be what we're seeing at McLaren and, and Ferrari, perhaps. Yeah, time will tell. Yeah, time will tell. Yeah, it's funny, we haven't even touched on Sonodo. I mean, uh, had a great first race and since then hasn't really performed. And there was new break news today that apparently they're going to move him closer to the Toro Rosso base to try and help him with his performances so he seems to have lost the initial confidence that he had in the car and um, the last couple of races hasn't hasn't been there which is a real shame because he's <clears throat> he seems like a fiery little character so um something we want on the the f1 circuit these days right okay i think that's enough f1 let's move on to sro esports Right, we're going to lean on Danny here for this because, um, <clears throat> Danny, um, you've been stewarding these events, haven't you? Yeah, I've been stewarding uh, a few of them. Uh, there's quite a lot uh, happening at the moment. There's uh, sprint championships and endurance championships for both the European championship, the yep. American championship and the Asian championship. So there's quite a lot going on at the moment. Yeah, there is a hell of a lot going on. Um, i got to say, our very own Paul Jeffrey's been doing the commentary for these as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been doing. Uh, well, I I don't always listen because I'm focusing on the stewarding when I do. But it's I can hear him sometimes in the background. And uh, yes, he's uh, as always. He's, he's doing a great job. And some um, 
I mean, I watched a bit of the endurance event because uh, turns out that Tariq Camille, who is a long-term user of uh, race department, and I've raced with him in many, many um, club events at race department, um, and he would often, well, actually, you know, let's just say every time beat me because he's much faster and, and more consistent than me. Um, he recently signed for the Williams Esports uh, team, which is fantastic to see for him. So congratulations to Tariq and hopefully we'll get him on the podcast to talk about that and how that all came about. But um, what can you tell us about the SRO uh, Esports series, Danny? Uh, so basically it's uh, a bit to build on on what happened last, uh, well, mainly last year when the pandemic started and a lot of these events started happening. It's basically a championship, well, parallel championships, the endurance ones and the and the sprint ones, they're different ones in their own right. And they are basically, well, they're using the ACC as the platform mm -hmm. and uh, they have a custom BOP made by, by Kunos and the SRO together. And then they they had, um, well, for the, for the sprint series, it's uh, of course, it's an, an individual championship uh, where you drive uh, one hour sprint races. And for the the endurance, it's uh, longer races where you have a, a team and teammates, and they uh, they have to qualify together, and uh, and then there will be the title for the for the endurance championship as well. And uh, meanwhile, this oh the, the Asian Sprint Championship has also started. Um, they had a, the first race a couple of weeks ago, so and they're all in different days, different time zones, as you can imagine. So stewarding yeah. can also be a challenge when. Uh, when, for example, we were stewarding a race that was on a Hong Kong server, so it has its challenges. But uh, at the end of the day, I think at, at the moment it's it's most likely. Well, I, I can confidently say it's it is the the top competition on uh, ACC at the moment, or the top championships, online championships happening for for sim racers at the moment. Yeah, I I, I watched um, some of the endurance. Of, I forget. I think it was at Monza. Was the it first was Monza, round, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, um, and there was some genuinely fantastic racing, but I wasn't just impressed with the racing. I was impressed with the broadcasting as well. I thought the, um, I know that Paul was heading it up as the commentator. But I didn't, I didn't catch the guy's name that was with Paul. Uh, Lewis McLeade. Ah, it? he's really yeah. good. He's really good. He's been, he's been like, a, he's a very good commentator. Uh, well, for those who don't know, he was commentating a good part of the Le Mans Twenty Four Hours Virtual last year. Ah, okay. And uh, yeah, he's been he's been in the sim racing scene for for quite some years, and he's uh, yeah, he does really really. Yeah, great I, job. honestly, I, I I mean, I don't know his name or he I didn't know his voice either. So um, I was actually quite pleased it wasn't someone else that I'm not a fan of who who tends to do a lot of the SRO um, events, which uh, really pleased me. So um, yeah, I really thought it was a really strong commentary team. Yeah, I, I think uh, this year it. Um, because last year it was all of a, an, an opportunity venture and everybody jumped into sim racing, as we all know. Yeah, I think this year it's uh, it's a lot more uh, community focused, as in it's uh, well, of, all Jeffrey continues to be involved. But yeah, Lewis McLean has been involved in sim racing, like I said, for many years, and uh, it's good to see him getting a, like a a good like a, a standard role now as a part of the commentating team, as well as other commentators as well. But yeah, the broadcasters and the people organizing behind the scenes, like stewards and so on, 
it's uh, a lot of it, a lot more of it is made by um, all you know AK Informatica and, mm-hmm, and other mm-hmm. other communities that are helping yeah that have a solid background in sim racing so um, it's uh, it's good to see and uh, of course the product then becomes more genuine as well which is for the people that enjoy the sim racing it's and, uh, from a, that's a nice touch. from a stewarding perspective how how has it been uh, it's been well the good thing about stewarding um, arguably the best sim racers on ACC at the moment is that they all are so good at what they do and they know the limits of and the boundaries of the game. They know how late or almost at what <laughs> what pixel they can break without touching the car in front and still making the apex even with the less uh, with the loss of uh, aero downforce uh, with the car ahead. So there aren't that many incidents. I mean, it's not a it's not very chaotic. So it's um, there is workload. There there are incidents being reported mm-hmm. and so on. Of but course. it's still yeah. It's uh, it's doable with a we have normally a small team of well let's say uh, four stewards normally mm. and the race director and, and it's um, we're looking at the track in different angles we have some tools uh, one of them one of which is um, has been released uh, to the community and thank you very much uh, Leonard from ACCSS who released his uh, yeah we talked about that tool. last episode so go and have yeah. a have a listen so, previous episode so we use it as well. So, which is a great help in case we miss uh, something big, but uh, yeah, we mainly focus on the on the main battles ahead, and we try yeah. to keep an overview on the track. It's uh, it's it's doable. It's uh, it's good fun. Talk, talk, talking of Leonard, I was actually talking to him about the tool the other day because I I use it quite extensively, and he um, he asked me for for uh, opinion on a, on a couple of uh, of elements. He's got some nice little changes coming not just from a stewarding point of view but from a broadcasting uh, element as well he's re-enabled the camera options in the app uh, but he's also working on a couple of little other bits and pieces and uh, i gave him another another idea he was oh i really like that idea so um yeah um i'm expecting payment leonard um anytime <laughs> anytime soon but in, in all jokes aside make sure you do check out that app uh acc race control it's you can Search for your race department. It's, it really is um, a must-have for communities doing uh, such a course, a competizione events. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a great add-on for sure. It's, oh yeah, it's fantastic. It's really fantastic. The, yeah, and the live timing stuff he's been working on as well in it, which is fantastic. So, you know, very easy to see if the car's on an outlap or if it's an invalidated lap, and it now shows you the the time difference between each car and then the time difference from uh, to the leader as well. So, yeah, he's. Brilliant! Just keeps throwing more at it, so um, absolutely fantastic stuff. But the but the game does do some. I don't know if it's the game or the app that does some weird things. We had I was doing an event on Monday, and um, I know we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but um, it missed a couple of it missed a couple of car numbers. Um, I'm not sure if that's because the game's not kicking it out or if the the app's not picking it up. But um, yeah, you do get to some some anomalies anomalies. Sometimes it's time. Easy for me to say. Um, yeah. No, I think but, I think sometimes if there's yeah, if let's say uh, two pairs of cars get uh, make contact in two different parts of the circuit, but at the same time, then the, sometimes the app might be a bit confused. But apart from that, we haven't really had any major issues. But it's uh, I think it's more of a source problem of the game itself outputting the the feedback to the to the tracker. But I don't know the details. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. Unfortunately, it does happen. So, um, yeah. Okay. Um, but I, you know, going back to SRO, um, I gotta say, I, like I say, I've 
I've been in, I don't have the opportunity necessarily to watch all the races, but what I have seen, I've genuinely really enjoyed the, the, the racing. Davide, have you had an opportunity to check any of it out? Um, I must say, unfortunately, not. <laughs> not being very helpful. Okay, in this that's specific the end of that topic. conversation. Then, David, that's uh, sorry, thanks, sorry, thanks, guys. Thanks for, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Nice to have sorry, you here. I'll be honest. I, I, I thought that was going to be the be the response because there's so sim racing, as we know, exploded during coronavirus, and we're still kind of in that phase at the moment. Though you know, it's not as explosive. So there's a lot happening right now, and it and it's very hard to keep your finger on that on that pulse but um david sorry Dan, danny even is is there something you you know that you would how would you describe sro to people that haven't watched it well how would you get them to watch it what would you how would you sell it to them uh first the easiest way to sell it to them is that uh, it's broadcast live on youtube on the gt world uh, channel which is the same channel that broadcasts the the real on-track SRO races, so it's easy to to find and to follow. Uh, the commentators, they are great. Some of them are even commentating also the real races, so they have the knowledge, and you can see it really like crossing over, like for, as for example David Addison, who commentates for both the sim races and uh, the real races. He can easily like translate uh, what is when he's talking about a, a real race and saying. Okay, because the sim drivers they will never do it like this. Or and then when he's commentating on a sim race, he can say like, yeah, real drivers uh, would make it, maybe take this approach. But this is so. There's there's not only a similarity in terms of the game and the tracks, but also a link between the commentating and the the, the whole thing as well is very linked. They are both linked one to the other. Uh, what else can I say? Uh, the racing is is the best you can get on ECC. Basically, there's. There's no other way to put it. It's the best and the fastest racers and the cleanest racers you can find on ACC at the moment. Um, the racing has been great and there's been... Uh, it's not like it's... Sometimes sim racing can have the syndrome of drivers knowing the game and the car so well that it just becomes like a procession of cars in a, in a single file until the last lap and then wreckage ensues. But uh, in this case, it has been because of the pit stop strategies and so on. There's been quite a lot of... Um, exciting like um, ends of races where cars are on different strategies especially on the endurance ones mm -hmm. with cars pitting early or uh, taking more care of their tires or fueling a little bit less and um, there's more uh, tactics involved and at the end there's been um, even sometimes some drama or some uh, mm. overtakes at the uh, radio in in spa so it's um, it's exciting it's uh, it's not only good level but it's also it's also exciting to watch Okay, fantastic stuff. Right, okay. Well, that brings the uh, end of that discussion around the SRO eSports. Uh, let's move on to sim racing at the Olympics. So, uh, around about uh, May 16th, it was posted on uh, many social media and also including on race department that uh, head of the 2020 Olympic Games, which, you know, we are in 2021. Of course, the Olympic Games was supposed to take place last week. Um, the Olympic Committee has announced that um, the inaugural Olympic virtual series. So uh, the article says last month, the International Olympic Committee, the IOC, confirmed that motorsport would feature alongside four other sports 
in the first ever Olympic virtual series uh, known as OVS, the IOC has partnered with the FIA to hold an Olympic license championship run exclusively on Gran Turismo Sports. Qualification for next month's world final begin began that week and were to close on the 23rd of May. So, and the world finals for the OVS are scheduled for the 23rd of June. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. Um, Danny, let's start with you on this mm-hmm. one. Uh, what were your thoughts when you when this news broke? Uh, well, it's all it's all uh, a point that is lost in the words and their meanings because okay, Olympics it's about sport. Is racing in the first place a sport? Uh, what is what defines a sport? Well, it's is, a motorsport, is... so I guess so. Yeah, but like another like is is <laughs> chess it's not a sport? A, yeah, it's not know? a sport like athletics or you know no. uh, boxing. Yeah, uh, where it's it's all about physicality. You have you're not relying on a on a motor engine. Yes, no, I agree. But I mean, yeah. on the but still still on the on the level of uh, top motorsport athletes and so on, uh, motion and the, their bodies is still a, a critical part. They can I mean, it's not like any person can sit on a Formula One car and win. It's their the physical aspect of a uh, motor racing drivers is uh, is quite uh, serious. And to be honest. Uh, not to the same level, but to the one of sim uh, of sim races as well. And I wouldn't say maybe I don't know other sports that have made it to the Olympics. Other esports, I mean, um, maybe I wouldn't qualify them as sport in terms of the physicality of of them. But sim racing could come to that level because I'm almost sure that somebody that uh, takes care of their physical shape um, and fitness uh, will do better, obviously, in sim racing. But for it to be an Olympic sport? Mm. Eh, I don't know. For me, Olympics in my brain is still wired as meaning the good old Greek athletics and that's it. So mm. I don't know if uh, a racing video game can, in according to my feelings, qualify as an Olympic sport. But again, it's all good about... it's At the end of the day, it's business, it's marketing, it's just another... It's also a bit of politics involved. So, from that aspect, it makes sense. But uh, I can understand that this can be a bit of a divisive topic. I'm I'm not so sure. I have nothing against, but I I also wouldn't do anything for it, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, David Day? Well, it's, uh, it's a divisive and difficult topic, to be sure. Um, I must say that, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it is the future uh, that, uh, you know, Olympic Games uh, start to include also uh, virtual representations of, uh, of sports. And, uh, you know, uh, esports athletes, I think that they can be considered uh, athletes just as, uh, you know, uh, chess players uh, or, uh, you know, other kinds of uh, people that play specific uh, uh, games that uh, have um, uh, are now considered sports uh, are because even if uh, you know maybe they're not training their bodies the way you know a gymnast would they're still training their mind their reflex their reflexes their discipline and and so on 
uh, and you know uh, we live in uh, in a time where um, uh, simulators have become a thing and are uh, realistic enough to to be considered you know uh, uh, a professional um, uh, entertainment or sport we could say uh, what uh, you know uh, makes me uh, a little bit uh, doubtful about uh, sim racing being uh, uh, an Olympic uh, sport is the fact that uh, Olympics uh, uh, have always been about sports where uh, man is, uh, uh, you know, at the center, All we women. say. All women. Women, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I meant men as humanity, not uh-huh. as uh, yeah, I'm not just as being gender. inclusive. Don't worry, I'm just ticking a box. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm don't not worry. Ticking, just ticking a box, but you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 I did not mean a specific gender, I meant, you know, uh, just making that clear. So, yeah, uh, thank you. And so, uh, it were sports where, uh, uh Now I don't know if they, if I have to say men or women, <laughs> if it were people, people, persons um, uh, are uh, uh, we're at the center, as I was saying. So, like for example, uh, running uh, or uh, you know swimming or uh, what have you. Um, sim racing uh, is, a, is something that, uh, of course, replicates a human driving a car. So, yeah, there is the human component, but it is not uh, the sole component or the exclusive component. There is also the car. And so the problems for me are basically two. First of all, sim racing uh, is an Olympic Games, uh, but there is not the uh, physical uh, counterpart. For me, uh, it is correct to have... uh, game uh, games or simulators at the olympics as long as they are the uh, digital counterpart uh, to a sport that is physically represented at the olympics while uh, you know um, uh, car racing is not represented at the olympics in its physical form and second of all it's something that uh, you know uh, is something where there is not just a human component but there is also a machine component so uh, i don't know for me it it isn't a proper olympic sports for this reason because uh, for me olympic sports real or digital is something where uh, uh, there is a sole human component uh, there is not uh, a machine uh, or something else, you know, that plays a part in it. Uh, Olympics are for people to compete in. Uh, I, I don't know if it's uh, if it's oh, clear what, we, uh, what I we, mean. Oh, yeah, I, I, I do. But are we, are we looking at this the wrong way? Because it is the Olympic virtual series. It isn't the Olympics, is it? Yes, yes, of course, it's uh, it's digital. There is not a real car, but still, it is replicating. Not, what I'm saying is it's not part of the Olympics. It's a separate entity. You know, these are Olympic virtual series. It's not... Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I, got, yeah. I get now what you mean. Yeah. Yes, yes, but uh, still, they carry the name Olympics. Yeah, no, I get it. it. So yeah, no, you're right. They, yeah. they are representing still, you know, the... Yeah, the IFC are involved. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, this is how I feel about it. There you go. It's an art beat or is it? <laughs> press five, you pressed five for more options or <laughs> what? That's, that's, that's what I feel about it. I just, I, I, I don't know what to make of it, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, and, and maybe, maybe it's just a side of them trying to move with the times, but... I think it's inevitable. No, I think that's what it's Yeah, but look, I mean, I'm probably going to annoy a few people here. I, I might not. They might, the, the fans of the game might not even listen to this, but Gran Turismo Sport, really? I get why, because it's probably got the bigger user base, but if you're yeah it's a marketing that's a marketing perspective yeah, yeah it's absolutely. also because it is japanese and the olympics are in tokyo yeah, so that's also, that also that's uh, a my, yeah yeah well. that's that's a really good point yeah but i mean there was a point where there was no football therefore there was no football in the olympics either and then yes. they were included and, and many other sports so yeah. again it's just i think moving with the times yeah we, we must yeah. we must admit also that uh you know, uh, we can be criticizing uh, Gran Turismo, the Gran Turismo series, but uh, we have to admit at the end of the day that uh, many, 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 many sim racers have become such thanks to Gran Turismo. I mean, yeah, of course, my... yeah, no, they are still a feed. Yeah, well, you know, there's no denying that games like that are. We've talked about this time and time again, and I don't want to go over old ground, but. If you're gonna do a virtual series, you're cho you're choosing a game which is an arcade game, and I get that you like Danny says it's marketing, but also you know mass appeal, but don't call it sim racing. Um, no, I, I get your point, Paul, and and uh, I agree when you say that uh, if we if you are doing you know something that is related to sim racing, you should pick something. Uh, uh, that uh, I wouldn't say more professional, but uh, you know, more uh, um, more we could say precise in the simulation yeah. aspect. Yeah. Yeah. But but at the same time, uh, I think that uh, for being the first time, for being the icebreaker, uh, I think that after all, I can accept the fact that it is Gran Turismo because it is you know in a way, the mother of, uh, as I said before, many sim racers. So oh, yeah. Especially, I mean, I, I mean, especially from uh, yeah. from uh, my generation, oh, or at yeah, least you know, those yeah. born after 1985. So for being the icebreaker, I think that we could give it to, to Gran Turismo. But for the uh, next uh, iterations uh, of the, you know, of sim racing mm -hmm. uh, in the Olympics, uh, I hope too that they will uh, go for uh, you know for something a bit more um, you know hardcore oriented. We yeah, could you never say. know. Next time they might choose Wreckfest. So anyway, oh yes, <laughs> right. Um, just just to not get lost in uh, names and nomenclature. To their credit, they haven't really called it the sim a sim racing Olympics. They call it the virtual Olympics. So they All haven't right, really okay. mentioned sim All racing. Right. Okay. All right. So there's that. Yeah, there is that. Okay, maybe I had a bit of a rant just for no reason, but my point's still valid. Sorry. Right, uh, no, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, so that's the main topic. I think it's just worth just talk, just touching on. There's there's obviously a lot of hype at the moment. A set of Corsa 2 might be incoming, which is good to see. Um, some articles appeared because uh, Digital Brothers, the parent company, 
of the developers Kunos um, financial reports came out and uh, there's definitely mention of a set of Corsa 2. Um, David Day, Danny, one word answers, yes or no. Excited about that? Always, of course, always. That's not, that's not, that wasn't yes or no. You failed that miserably. Thank you, Danny. It was a very simple task. You can trust the Portuguese, man. Oh, crazy, crazy. Uh, um, yeah, can't trust these guys. So uh, that's a yes from Danny. David Day, are you excited about that? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Um, another, another, see another. how it's done, Danny? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not hard, is it, really? Uh, next question for you would be, uh, do you think they will make it moddable, Danny? Yes or no? Yes. David Day? Uh, sorry to disappoint you, but I have, uh, I'll have to go with I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's what everybody wants, right? Everybody wants the, what we've got now, but I'm guessing with the physics engine from ACC, but the challenge is that, that physics engine's been developed for GT3 cars. So will that work? Time will tell, but it looks like it's coming at some point um, as well as a mobile game. But obviously we're not expecting that to be <laughs> anything like uh, a, a PC game, but you never know. Could shock us. Um, big uh, AMS2 update incoming has been delayed. So that's got uh, the USA... Expansion packs featuring Daytona, Long Beach, and Laguna. Second and three new GT cars, including the which are the BMW M8, Corvette C8R, and the Porsche 911 RSR, as well as some uh, beautiful dynamics they've added to the game for the for the look. Some physics updates, some audio changes, some AI changes, uh, championships you can create your own, as well as some other bits and pieces incoming, and people seem very excited about that uh, guys ams2 have any of you played much of it uh, i'm sad to say that i've i've had a game since the very early access but i've actually only been on the menu and never actually hit the track it's uh okay it's long overdue yeah yeah i've i've tried it a couple of times and then turned it off unfortunately um just i, I don't know i just maybe i need to put some time in with it i remember how i felt when acc first came out i know i love it so yeah, it could just be a, a thing, but I just, I, I don't know. Things just seem a bit clunky to me. David A, have you played it? Yeah, I tried it a couple of times, but unfortunately the uh, gamepad support was uh, Here we go. Was yeah. very, very bad. But thank, uh, hopefully, hopefully... There was they... a mention of gamepad support yeah. recently though, wasn't yeah. there? And uh, since I am uh, part of the Risa 51 uh, uh, secret lounge where uh, uh, we can discuss <laughs> about betas and uh, and so on. Uh, they they've actually implemented uh, uh, new gamepad filters and uh, presets. Uh, so I have not tried them in the beta <gasps> version. But uh, how dare you? you give it all. You give it. I uh, listen. You give it all the bigging about you know developers not caring enough about uh, gamepad players. They go and they go and release something you can test and you haven't even bothered. Uh, no, it's, whoa, it's not. Whoa, 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 David, eh? we're moving on. You're not, you're not getting a chance to respond to that. It's just not good enough. Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> Come so, on, you have to give me a chance to respond. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, we're moving on. Race room <laughs> development also incoming, guys. Some big changes around force feedback is what you're telling me because I've got no idea because it's completely missed me by. So I'm relying on one of you to talk about it. Tumbleweed sounds. 
Uh, I'm sorry I haven't played Race Room in a long time. I hope it's good development, but I have no knowledge about it. There we go. Brilliant. Anyway, there are some changes coming to Race Room. There we go. That's about that's about as much as detail as we can give you. <laughs> no, uh, it also says there's some new feet force feedback changes coming. Uh, there's also new replay interface. So um, I know that Chris Hay has released a video about this. You can do keyframes and things like that. So you can get really smart with uh, the replay features so you can make the camera move and follow the car and track and bits and pieces. So I know that he's... Check out check out his YouTube video. He, got, he, he uh, talks about that. Uh, they're also, would you believe, adding sparks to underneath the cars. Um, sounds a little bit like Formula One. And uh, also some changes around the smoke and uh, dirt puffs they refer to. So coming from the tyres when they're spinning up. Uh, also, the new they're going to be supporting the new uh, F1 Thrustmaster wheel with the screen on that as well. Some fixing stuff, some ranked multipliers and some new content such as the Opel Astra TCR so uh, incoming. So yeah, um, some great stuff coming in there as well. So some huge developments uh, for AMS2 and Race Room. And there's probably some other game we've completely missed. Uh, but there we are. We are running out of time. One last thing. Uh, it's definitely worth mentioning that Helio Castronimus um, won the Helio Castroneves. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm terrible. Isn't he 47? Is it 47? Is he 47? Uh, I believe he's so. He's been there for a while, yes. Yeah, he's 40, 46. 46, sorry. Yeah, I was close. Yeah, fa fantastic. Fantastic. Do you, do you think we'll ever see uh, a driver of that age in Formula 1? I can't see it. I can't, it just isn't going to be possible. Is it a completely different kind of sport, right? Uh, I think that it is it is more of a matter of a different mentality because you know indie cars uh, still are uh, you know a, form, a prototype formula car they're very fast uh, mm -hmm. very uh, you know uh, difficult to drive but yeah. uh, in in um, in the United States uh, there is a different mentality where you know it's uh, Nobody is surprised if uh, you know a 50 years old or even more than that uh, uh, gets behind the wheel of a prototype. While instead mm. uh, here in the in Europe, uh, you know, it's always been the case where uh, when someone is 40 years old, he's relegated to um, to some other you know uh, categories of the motorsport and uh, uh, yeah. well. You know, it, my, it, my time's nearly up. You know, doing this podcast, I think, isn't it? You know, like I'm getting to that, getting to that point where you're going to, you know, to you're gonna, uh, finding a new pup to to take my <laughs> place, aren't you? But yeah, I, I think yeah, it's a, it, I do enjoy, I do enjoy watching the. I mean, Indy 500. I'll be honest, I never really got into that, but I am starting to enjoy Indy car. You know, the road races a a, a bit more um, the last couple of years, so. Kind of used to watch it, stopped watching it, and it's become more accessible in the UK of late. So um, I do try to uh, do try to watch it. So yeah, congratulations! Uh, great to see at the age of forty six, and um, yeah, fantastic stuff. So and it's good to see the crowds back there as well. Um, just a few things to uh, talk about. Uh, last episode, we 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 do talk about the Fanatec new hardware, and um, since 
we released that podcast. Um, one of our very own members of the team, Steve, he's done a, a review of the new Fanatec CSL Universal Hub. So go and give that a read at racedepartment.com. Also, it's been out a while now, but we haven't really mentioned that we've got a new race department logo and race department website. <laughs> it only really dawned on me in the last last episode. Um, obviously, change. People don't always like change, but um, we've been slowly but surely the guys behind the scenes had been making it more accessible and changing a few things. The dark theme actually works correctly now, which is nice to see. Danny, are you enjoying the new look? Yeah, keeping up with the times. I like the, the new logo a lot. I think it's, it looks yeah, like... Yeah, smart, isn't it? Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah, really, really good. Yep. Um, a few, few changes here and there still needing a few tweaks. We're, we're still missing our calendar for the moment, but the guys have been manually adding the events into uh, like a like a widget on the on the website so under upcoming events now but uh, yeah still some bits and pieces to to come i'm led to believe um which is great stuff okay and then also worth just mentioning um you know the the, the a lot more communities now are available on simracing.gp since it Kind of came out of closed beta and into open beta, which is really good to see. Um, the likes of Jimmy Broadbent now has uh, a community on there. I think he's got the largest community, followed by Sim Racing uh, 604, uh, Mike there. So, um, but yeah, some, and there are a lot of smaller communities coming on board now and uh, to do uh, race room and Assetto Corsa Cusicione and Assetto Corsa as well with more games. Hopefully, seems to be related. And they're currently testing teams on the platform at the moment. So I know there are a couple of test events going on. They're testing the new features. Um, and there was a video released a few weeks ago kind of showing what you can do with, you know, positioning the drivers once you've done your qualifying and you can go and drag it. So you can do your qualifying on a different day to the race, a bit like what a lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, communities do for events. And when you do that, you have to manually edit the entry.json file to put the, you need the driver's Steam ID in there and everything else. Um, and because uh, simrankers.gp is all linked with Steam, Basically, you could do the event and then you could just drag and drop the driver's names into place. Fantastic. That would be great. Yeah, that's, that's something that's, to look forward to. That's definitely. huge. I mean, we can't do a lot about the way that ACC needs drivers to join the server, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's human error. That's, that's not human error. But as long as, long as driver one joins first, the other drivers can join any time they want. So, fantastic. Really great stuff that's coming out. So, um there's a te there was a test event tonight, and there's another test event tomorrow. I might do the other test event tomorrow. I'm not, but I'm I'm in two minds about that. Uh, don't forget, you can check out our racing club events in AC and ACC and Race Room and R Factor Two, um, all at racedepartment.com. So, do, like I say, go and check out the calendar widget, and you can see the latest events. Don't forget, you can check us out on YouTube, Twitch, as well, and also we are available on the Twitter sphere, uh, the Bookface. And the Gram Insta. There you go. Reversed all the words there for you. Uh, just for a bit of fun. And we also have a Discord server with a ridiculous amount of users on there. So, um, yeah, fantastic stuff. And the link for that could be found at the top of um, uh, racedepartment.com. And to use all the features, you need a premium subscription. So if you want to join the voice channels or whatnot, you need a premium subscription at racedepartment.com. And you also need that to take part in our events as well. Wow. Okay, well, 
Uh, there we go. That's another podcast done. How are we feeling about that? Good. Nice. Yeah. Live for the week. Yeah, just about, just about. Yeah. And tomorrow we celebrate the Italian Republic. Go with the national anthem, Paul. Go, oh. go now. Oh, hold on. I pushed the button and, and my mouth just, <laughs> my mouth just failed. Hold on a second. Yes, yes. Sorry, that was a bit loud for people. Right, there we go. I can't gradually reduce the volume. I have to just, yeah. It's, anyway. Yeah. Not the, not the best, but it does. It does its job, right? Not not, not very smooth, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's what many people have told me over the years. <laughs> hmm. What did he anyway. mean by that? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me as always. Thanks for having us, man. Good Thanks for having us. I would, I would, Danny, it's been a pleasure as always. Davide, thanks for turning up. Um, <gasps> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> hey, hey. I'll let, let you, be, I let the guys, I let, I let the listeners behind the Iron Curtain. Danny was late today. He Come was on, late. Six minutes, six minutes I was late. Just, just I it's, mean. A Portuguese is never on time unless he's late. Come on. Listen, six minutes listen, was good. If, you know, like that's just not, that's not, that's not good enough. I mean, you, you know, we agree a time. I expect you to be there. You wouldn't do it at work, would you? So should I, I was late. Should I say what else happened today or should I keep it zip? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll that, keep it zip because I'm a nice guy. I don't, it's, I don't... It's, been, it's been lovely listening. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. And, You're welcome. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, Daddy, thanks for joining me as always. Um, and uh, Davide, thank you as well. It's been great. Um, I do enjoy these. I I do I do too. Oh, sorry, my English has gone out of the of the window. Well, I, I do too. Now. Sorry. Midnight, so. Yeah, <laughs> no. Basic, basically, guys, the problem is that uh, here in Italy has become uh, so hot that. Uh, uh, being here uh, with the window closed, I'm not oxygenating since <laughs> since basically I, uh, when we were discussing the F1, <laughs> half of that. So uh, overheating. There's mode. that. So from next map podcast, two, two. Uh, I'm sorry for the listeners, but they're gonna hear the noises come coming from the street. So <laughs> oh. If as you long as you survive, you, don't run out of air. That's more important, I think. Yeah, no, I, I have to because basically right now <laughs> I'm without oxygen. <laughs> well, no, hold on. If you were without oxygen, you wouldn't be able to breathe. You do realize that. In fact, I'm going with the reserve in my in my lungs. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Um, any outgoing remarks, Danny? Uh, no. Let's meet again soon and do another one. Okay, that's uh, what she said. <laughs> or he yeah, said <laughs> yes it's 2021 <laughs> <laughs> or they said <laughs> we're just we're yeah. up a whole can of worms here I wouldn't even I wouldn't even yeah, get down have, that you, street right now that, that's what Paul said <laughs> oh me. I think we should let Davide get some oxygen and wrap it yeah. up yeah <laughs> Davide any closing remarks I need to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, thank you. It was, uh, it was fun as always. And uh, it, it's always great when, uh, when I get the chance to, to be with you guys. Oh, look it. I tell you what, he's, he, he does like to suck up to us from time to time. Right. Okay. Well, thank you, dear listener. I hope you've enjoyed another episode of the Race Department podcast. This has been episode five of season three. 
look after yourselves. Stay safe. Uh, this has been the Race Department Podcast. I've been Paul Glover. Cheerio.